ding, 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 and welcome to Men in the Ring. This is Sean, and I'm joined Africa by Matt, and we are doing a mental health podcast over here. Um, both Matt and I have spent 10 plus years in the mental health field, still learning on a daily basis. Um, and Matt has a background in uh, martial arts and as a professional boxer, kickboxer. So Men in the Ring is us trying to get into the ring of life and address issues instead of watching Netflix or scrolling our phone and ignoring things. So we invite you to come along with us. So you're a, you're a weary traveler, Matt, I hear. Yeah. Had a long visa run, so some of the Europe. more difficult Europe. travels we've had. Europe to Africa. Yeah, but we're here now, so so all is well. Nice. Seems like there's some air travel difficulties going on around around the world so yeah i wonder what that is uh i think a big part of it is lack of people working mm-hmm. they just don't have enough people to to go places you know or to run like even i guess like delta has oversold so many flights since the yeah. COVID pandemic that, you know, it's not just them. It's, it's at least Africa and Europe too. So. Yeah. I actually um, spoke with a, a woman yesterday while I was working um, her and her husband are in the industry. And uh, she was saying, um, I think they work for American. And she said, it's bad right now. Like really bad. Her husband's doing the captain flying to South America, no, South Africa. That's rough. She usually flies over to the Europe and back um, for work. Um, that's pretty rough, too. And we were trying to figure out, like, what, well, what is it? You know, it seems like a combination of they're trying to limit flights and then understaffed and then overbooking, you know? Yeah. So they've always overbooked, you know, but they're booking flights that they don't even have, you know, like I've heard of people in, in America where like, um, they booked a flight and then the flight, got canceled or it wasn't flown and then made them rebook and charge them a couple grand, you know, <laughs> like what? That's not okay. Yeah. So. You hear about that story a couple, it's about a month ago now where I think it was, uh, it might've been Delta where they overbooked, but then, but then they offered people like, money start off with a thousand dollars to take it to take a different flight and then i want all up to like five grand or something like that 
they offered somebody to get off the plane. Yeah. Which somebody took, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I've taken it a couple times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was uh, offers, and it's usually... Um, I'd do it when I'm alone. I wouldn't do it with kids. That's just stupid. Right. right. Like, you know, my um, wife and my wife and I and kids were flying like a week after that event. And she said, if they're offering that to us, we're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Five, five people make some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a interesting time for travel. I mean, they have their margins that they have to make as well. You know, it's, I think it's I yeah I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for the airline industry because I think they're um they seem to be a little bit greedy at times, but at the same time, there is a whole lot of like you know expense and you know business to run. You know, so. I clearly, yeah. I clearly don't understand all the ins and outs of it. Yeah. But they certainly don't seem to care about an individual all that much. No. Uh, kind of seemed to me, especially with this airline that we were flying, that uh, I was just thinking about it. They They really don't care about the individual traveler. Right, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. how often do you and I fly? Like not that often. No. Like they're catering more. It's more for businesses. You know, I'm sure they have. Um. And I was just thinking about this as I was sitting there, and like business class, like those tickets are stupid expensive. Yeah. You know, but they're usually full with people traveling with businesses because they have kind con- I'm sure they have contracts with, you know, airline. Sure. Yeah. Like I know, um, my brother-in-law like flies all the time. You know, he flies mm-hmm. two, three times a week. Oh, wow. You okay. know, so like they really don't care about the people that are going on vacation because we're only going to buy one or two tickets a year at the most, you know, and a lot of people aren't buying any tickets or one ticket. So like, that's not, that's not where they're making their money. They're making their money on the contracts that they have with bigger companies. Interesting. That does make sense then for sure. So at least that's what I came to realize this time around like, well and i wonder too like with the advent of COVID and then the, all this telecommunication zooming and whatnot you know they might be taking a bath on that clientele you know the need to travel like your brother-in-law does to- twice a week is not all that necessary you know as it used to be at least so i guarantee you they took you know a 25 percent loss or something on that you know what it used yeah. to be. I, I, I mean, that's just a guess, but I mean, it's got, I, I bet it's some, something like that. Cause like, you know, all like, like when I vacation, <clears throat> that one, I usually do a spring vacation um, for spring training baseball. 
all the spots down there in Florida at Fort Myers Beach, like everybody's there year round now because usually it was just only a, like a busy season. Now they're Airbnb'd up all year round because you can just work from anywhere, you know? Yeah. So why would you be traveling, you know, to go see client in Europe or client in Texas or whatever, you know, when you can just face to face it. I mean, businesses are realizing that's a much more economic thing, obviously. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Back to uh, our topic at hand today. What are we talking about? We're talking about Peter Pan, right? Yeah. Peter Pan syndrome. Tinkerbell. Um, uh, hmm. So Peter Pan syndrome. Well, I don't. It's not. We're using that in jest, like right. There's not an actual Peter Pan syndrome that I'm aware of diagnosed i mean matt works in a world that um there's dsm legal definitions and that's not an actual syndrome obviously we're just using that in jest or out the cuff to say um a lot of a lot of new school um kids really and uh young adults are having trouble nowadays trying to figure out what they're supposed to do in life I'm going to read this to you. So, okay. uh, so I just Google it. Peter Pan syndrome. Uh, it affects people who do not want to feel, want or feel unable to grow up. People with the body of an adult, but the mind of a child. The syndrome is not currently considered psychopathology, so it's not in the DSM. However, uh-huh. an increasingly large number of adults are presenting emotionally immature behaviors in Western society. Oh, I definitely got some Peter Pan in me. I'm not gonna lie. I like I, I, I work really hard to take care of my responsibilities so I can screw off, you know. <laughs> yeah, but maybe the real Peter Pan one is not taking care of responsibilities before you start being immature. Yeah, it's the uh, like <clears throat> it's the. I would say it's the inability or the lack of desire to take on responsibility. And yeah. Like there's a, in our society, we keep pushing, taking responsibility later and later and later, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, you don't really have to grow up till you're in your thirties now, you know, like that's sure. when you need to. And you, it, you can see it. Like, People are getting married later and later, having kids later and later, because those are huge responsibility and huge aspects of accountability. Yeah. You know, like marriage to me is, has been probably the biggest, um, or the, yeah, the greatest catalyst for growth and accountability. Oh, in your in personal life. life? Yeah. 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 Like you don't ever, you don't get to get away, you know, like you are accountable 24 seven. You're with, with another person, you know? Yeah. You know? And so 
but it's an ultimate, it's a huge responsibility. And we're going to, well, let's go with responsibility, you know? Yeah. Like people like that's the thing with Peter Pan. Like he's not responsible for anything, you know, like just have fun and enjoy. To be be fair, it it sucks to be responsible for things. Let's not be, let's be honest. Right. (laughs) There's some truth in that. Kind of yes, and but ultimately the answer is no. Like short term, like yeah, that seems great. Right. But then when you look back on your life and you're like, oh man, I pissed it away just doing all the fun things. But I, you know, now I don't have a family. Now I don't have, you know, like you miss out on yeah so much of life because you're un unwilling to take responsibility. And you're uh-huh. unwilling to commit to something because you don't know, you know? And so, and this is, I mean, if you think about it, like, I don't want to go into this too much, but like, even the idea of gender, like if I, if you don't know what something is and you just, you can't take responsibility, like you can't accept reality for what it is, you know? Sure. Like, and we we just constantly redefine stuff and we just don't know what truth is anymore because our society says there's no truth, no absolute truth. You know, how are you going to ever put a stake in the ground and say this is right? Sure. You know, and going back, circle back around to like, it sucks a little, like it sucks in the moment, right? But like ultimately, like that's what we're made for is like, especially as men we're talking about Peter Pan, you know, when he's a boy, like men are meant to stand up and fight for something, you know? And if you don't ever take responsibility for anything, yeah, then you, there's nothing, you're not ever going to fight for anything. You don't stand for anything. Then you you have to deal with lack of identity, lack of purpose. What am I here for? Why am I, who, you know, yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions then at that point that you're walking around trying to fill voids with. Yeah. So I have a small anecdote uh, to point to what you're saying. I, I just had a conversation yesterday with a guy I work with. Um, and he's a single uh, guy without kids. Um, mid forties, upper mid forties. And he has a good friend that's a lawyer and he just got married and just had kids at an old age. Right. And so my friend who doesn't have kids and doesn't want kids, he's like, I can't believe my lawyer friend got married and had kids. He seems really smart. And I'm like, and thinking in my head, I have kids and I got married and I know that that's really increased a whole lot of meaning in my life. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I didn't want to, you know, be a jerk to this guy because he didn't have kids or whatever. But I'm thinking this guy is smart. <laughs> like he, he did all these things. He's a lawyer. He's got money. And, and then he went and had a wife and now it has kids like that's very intelligent, actually. <laughs> yeah. You, you, even even at the back end, you know, that's I actually 
I'm very happy for people like that, you know, that because it just makes life a more just understand it better. It makes it more robust. Um, it makes starts to make sense. And your feeling of purpose in your own life is like way more, you know, legitimized, obviously. Yeah. Well, it builds in meaning and purpose in a way that you don't necessarily achieve as a single person. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to say, I don't want, I don't know. There's people that want, or that they're called to that lifestyle. You know what I mean? Of being single. Sure. You know, and there's people that would like to get married that aren't, you know, Right, or divorce, whatever. Yeah, don't choose the path. It just kind of chose them or whatever. Yeah, but and there's ways to make your life have meaning. There, like there's. I'm just, I guess, you have to find responsibility somewhere, and you have to grow up. And marriage is one way that forces you to grow up. Yeah. Um, but if you if you're single, like you can still take responsibility and do something and find purpose, you know? Yeah. You know, there's endless need in the world, you know? Right. So you have to find it, find your, find, find what you can do in that to find responsibility and to grow up and take responsibility for something that maybe you don't necessarily are like you're not necessarily responsible for but you do it you know sure like there's especially now like there's so many causes and so much we'll just go with causes that you can jump on and and go go down that road you know yeah so what happened um what happened? Why, why, uh, why is the Peter Pan syndrome even a thing where somebody actually, you know, defined it? Um, I think it has to do with our society. We've just made it so easy, especially as parents. We, mm -hmm. we enable people, you know, like since I've been, since we've been adults, you know, there's been this, 30 year olds living in your parents' basement, you know, like that's the ultimate, like, I don't have to grow up. I, <laughs> I don't have to push myself. I just stay in my parents' basement. I have everything I need. I don't right. need anything else, you know? Right. And, uh, I know people like that. And, and that's, that's an easy one to pick on. That's, I mean, obviously everybody does finds that example it's like the easy one i mean i i see even grown like men that are married with child that you know just do whatever they want all the time and barely change a diaper never lost a god dang night of sleep when his kid was little i mean that's not appropriate to me either <laughs> personally yeah i agree with that 
that's that's a lack of you know showing growing up you know yeah and just to just to track um you know maybe overly generalizing the the pendulum you know just to kind of like um just to kind of like understand the trajectory of why maybe there's people that you know have an easier life now because you know like america americans anybody at you know the founding of america just um before industrialization right um it's a rough rough go to make anything work you know <laughs> like life in general to live to 30 is you know hard Right. So then even, you know, 1800s, 1900s in America, you're still dealing with a lot of like, you know, industrial revolution. But even that, you know, the rural farmers, you know, even even people that you know, latchkey kids, people that are working hard in the factory, you know, um, disgusting hours. Um, these are all things that um, it's a pendulum toward, you know, a, a little easier life. Um, and the, there's a certain point where we reach, wow, okay. Um, we swang, you know, from working hard in the fields to working 70-hour work weeks in the factory to now we have kids that don't need to work at all, really. Yeah. Um, so you can, if you want, if you kind of like step back a little bit and look at that, you know, trajectory, historical, um, you know, here, I've got a question and mm -hmm. I don't have a ton more time, but, um, it seems to affect boys and men more than it does women. You know, oh. like when I think, oh, now you're being sexist. What? I am. Like, God. even because I know men that are 40 that live like dang near 40, late 30s that still live at home. Yeah. Right. But I don't so, know any women. <laughs> like, oh, geez. I guess that's that's very funny that you say that because when you talk about somebody at 40 live, or 30 living at home, I've never ever in my mind thought of a woman. I always picture in my head it's always a man, which says something. I went okay, so continue. No, I'm just that's just my point. Like, huh. uh, like so, my question: Why is it affects boys and men and not women as much? Right. So at right. least it seems that way. Right. Well, maybe that's a natural lead into. Um, next week where we can kind of, kind of um you know dissect that a little bit um which would be fun because i'm sure we can go into some you know sexist lands yeah um, I, th I think it leads right into identity and roles which is what we were going to talk about next uh -huh. identity yeah interesting Interesting. Well, there you go. There's a, what is that called? That's a, a cliffhanger. 
or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, can look at the, we can look at the feminine movement and see how effective that's been. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot to say about that and the fact that it was it was actually quite necessary at, at the beginning, but like any other pendulum swung quite hard. Um, cool. All right. Well, I definitely want to respect your time. I appreciate um, you being available on a short night's sleep and all that. And um, glad we snuck a podcast in this week. This was, this was cool. Yeah. I think it's good. Fun talk. All right. All right. Yeah, it was a fun talk. All right. Uh, this has been Men in the Ring. Please like, subscribe, and share. And uh, hopefully get something valuable out of this. Um, otherwise, we will try to again next time. All right, man. Thanks, man. All right. See you. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye.